Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rangers Rundown. I'm Max, joined tonight by Hayden. Hello. And Mike. Good evening. And the spirit of Christmas has come upon us and has departed us and it's 2020 and I don't know what to make of that. It's weird. It's a strange decade. I'm not going to remember that. Yeah, I'm. I'm not. A, I'm still writing all of the wrong dates on my checks. Oh yeah, you write checks. You know, it's How funny actually, because <laughs> I made this joke the other day to one of my coworkers because I actually do write checks um, as part of my job. Oh yeah, for work. Yeah, that makes sense. For, for like for work, I write checks, and you know, I I you know had written the date on it and put 19, and I you know turned my head and was like, hey, you know, I've it's kind of a one of those dumb like see you next year kind of jokes that's not funny but like i'm legitimately writing the wrong date on all of my checks <laughs> yay so yeah 2020 um oh as i as i said uh, briefly before the new year started um it's very nice to enter the decade when we're going to win a world series yeah um, yes so that's that's welcoming for Indeed. sure nice little welcome mat as we can see clearly with the 2020 vision in that what was my guarantee that they're going to win by 2025 i think it was it yeah so that sounds about right yeah feels good it's either that or 2024 i'll i'll take either one of them to be honest and i mean either way you're just going to have a great time celebrating that in your astral cabrera jersey <laughs> yeah how you coming on that <laughs> you know i haven't i uh, man i was at the place um, I was at Texas Live not too long ago, wasn't I? And I sent y'all a picture of an Ezdrubal shirt, and I didn't buy it. Why did I not buy it? What, what? <laughs> yeah, we were, I was mad at you. I was yelling at you online about it. But I hey. don't think that it was on clearance yet or something, because I need to get, like, the $4 Ranger shirt, not the $28 Ranger shirt. I thought it was shirt. a jersey. I thought that, that was the terms of the Oh, net. was it a jersey? Oh, jeez. It was. Oh, man. Well, we'll figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to buy that and just, like, just cut the sleeves off and rock it in a very embarrassing way. It'll be great and whatever. Um, but yeah, so well, speaking of the Rangers and, and World Series champion third baseman, there there's a choose your own adventure that you can take with that. Is is you can talk about the World Series champion as Drupal Cabrera and how he vanquished the now tarnished Houston Astros, or about how the Rangers have replaced. Um, the irreplaceable Ezreal Cabrera with a uh, Todd Frazier, so you can. That's there's there's a little fork in the road for you. You know, like make of this what you will. Yeah. Woo hoo. So I, for one, am thrilled, excited. Haven't calmed down. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> uh, I'm not the world's foremost Todd Frazier defender. Um, I think he's a, a, a fine young man uh, or old man. He has very powerful, like, 42-year-old, been a backup infielder for a long time energy, but hasn't mm-hmm. actually been in the league all that long. Yeah, debuted in 2011. Which, like, now that I, I, I think th- about it, was a decade ago, which... Fair, uh, but... Time comes for us all. <laughs> but, like, I mean, he, I, he honestly looks like he's 42. Yeah. Playing for the Mets, like you said before we hit record, will definitely do that to a man. Yeah. He's picked up some years on him. Um, but he's fine. Um, I was not excited to see it just because we, we, I was sitting here with stars in my eyes dreaming about the Rangers having a third baseman I would like again. It's been not that long since we uh, said our farewells to Adrian Beltre. Uh, and I told myself I shouldn't be spoiled that you know, Hall of Fame third baseman just don't come around all the time, and and you know it might be a little while. Just buckle up. And I'm already impatient. Uh, I'm I am sick of this. Give, give me a third baseman. I am I enjoy, but we'll get there. Um, Frazier is is generally regarded as a fine defender, not a not like a great one, but a, a good one. He was. I think average and neutral. I don't think he did anything by outs above average. Statcast brand new uh, infield defense statistic. Um, I think Baseball Prospectus likes his glove, and somebody else doesn't really. So he's probably okay all the way around. Mm-hmm. He was a decent hitter earlier in his career. He had a bunch of pretty good seasons, like sneaky solid seasons with Cincinnati, and then with the White Sox. Uh, he was horrific in 2018, like on base 300 slugged under 400 he was terrible 
Uh, and then he was back to being slightly above league average uh, last year. So, yeah, He can play third. He can play first. I would be incredibly unexcited just... Todd Frazier is sort of your opening day first baseman. Mm-hmm. Not really a bat. You want to stick there. But I would be happy because that means that Texas picks up a big bat third baseman, presumably. So, ah, Yeah. It's well, and, and, and what was the dollars on that deal? Five million. Five mil. And there was it's, an option, too, for 2021, right? Well, it's, it's three and a half million and something like a $5.25 million option with a $1.5 million buyout. Okay. Don't, Hold me to those numbers, but it's somewhere in that neighborhood. Something like that. Okay. Yeah. For that, yeah, I mean, there's no risk. I mean, that's, right. You know, yeah, this is no risk. And and what if what if Todd Frazier is is I mean, what what did he do last year? He had a 106 OPS plus. Mm-hmm. Didn't embarrass you at third base. He's 34, so like he's not going to be. I mean, you know, he's he's been around the league for what at this point nine years. This will be his tenth tenth season in the big leagues. You know. Eh, the last thing that you want is to either sink or swim with Solak at third base or IKF at third base. Both uh, sinking in that situation look very different, <laughs> but would both be very bad. <laughs> so you just you have a you have a guy that's that's a third baseman and like he's mm-hmm. not impeding you at all. So that was kind of a kind of a, an argument at least with the last couple off seasons with do you sign somebody that could potentially hamstring you going forward like do you do you sign you know i don't know bryce harper and give him the moon but then you have all your money tied up in him and you can't sign you know whoever in 2023 todd frazier doesn't change your long-term plans at all he doesn't accelerate the window he doesn't close the window he just will play third base hit 20 home runs OPS 765 and I don't know stay healthy so steal the, 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 four bases yeah the, the, the thing four. the thing the thing that I that would make me feel better about Todd Frazier because he's not bad he's not disappointing it's not like a stupid signing but the thing that would make me feel better in the aftermath of the Corey Kluber you know acceleration you know heroin straight into my blood veins that it would be as long as we can kind of pick up the excitement with either center field or with first base um todd frazier is okay at third but if he's if you're going to put another version of todd frazier at first base and then the todd frazier version of center field over in center field well then you have a team that's going to win 81 games and you know okay well why did we trade for kluber and what are we doing with Gallo and Calhoun and with our prospects? And are we still going to just kind of have another year of let's wait and see what our young guys do? Like, you know, it, it'd be disappointing if we just kind of filled out the rest of the team with placeholders. So hopefully we're more aggressive and, and Todd Frazier is a way of keeping the powder dry for those other positions, in my opinion. I, I think they would be slightly better than that if they did what you just described. I don't know if they'd be an 81-win team. They were, what, 78 wins last year? So... I think they would be, uh, yeah. I mean, their their starting rotation is is markedly improved. I, I think that you know, if if they just fill out with about replacement level guys at center and first, then you're looking at being eighty four, eighty five. I mean, not not too much different than what you said, but not a contender. Starting the, the, rotation markedly improved. I mean, I, they signed Kyle Gibson, but uh, what are you what are you talking about there, Mike? <laughs> Did we did we bury the lead like nine minutes into this podcast? Did the Rangers actually do something that is worth talking about? <laughs> it's a very distinct possibility. So let's just talk about uh, <clears throat> Mr. Kluber. Um, Mr. Klubot, please. Yeah, okay. So Klubot. we gave up DDJ and mm. we gave up Noar Mazzara. So two guys who were helping clog... An outfield with subpar play. Subpar is subjective. I get it. Obviously, with DDJ, you know, lights out defense, but a very light bat. And our disdain for Nomad Mazzara has has been heavily documented. So um, I don't know that we need to get into all of that. But I, I for one, was thrilled with this trade. Um, it tells me that the Rangers are looking to be ready to contend without doing anything that's breaking the bank from either a payroll perspective or having to give up uh, a ton of blue chip prospects 
And I think that's that was a very shrewd move by JD. You know, I, I think the general reaction around baseball was that's all it took to get him. Mm-hmm. Like, why weren't weren't more teams um, on board with that? Yeah, it was a, it was a two player trade only. You're talking about, like you said, we all know what Delano Shields is at this point. He's uh, uh, you know a ninth hitter in your lineup as an above average center fielder, and uh, he's a ninth hitter in your lineup as an above average center fielder. And then Emmanuel Classe is the other Classe, part of it, and yes, he's maybe yes. more of the the headliner, which is sort of funny to think of. This is a guy who. Texas again acquired for Brett Nicholas. Yes. Brett Nicholas, everybody. I was mad on the internet about that. So, whoops, <laughs> <laughs> real mad about that. Uh, but Emmanuel Class. I mean, I wasn't mad about the Class A part. I just liked Brett Nicholas quite a lot. And then um, he has essentially one really interesting year and is the headliner in a trade for, admittedly, an, an old er and coming off an injury er. Corey Kluber, but Kluber is, has been one of the best pitchers in baseball for much of the last, what, five, six years? Yeah. Oh, yes. Um, he, he was a six-win, seven-win, five, six-win pitcher the last couple seasons before he ended up getting hurt in two different things. He had to come back or break his arm a mm-hmm. few weeks into the season, and then he like tweaked something coming back from that, and it was late enough in the year that they just shut him down. Mm-hmm. Um, so not not exactly a yeah. He's not coming in here with a, a, a questionable unknown shoulder or or whatever. It's a little bit more stable, I think. Right. Whew. That that changes the complexion of the Rangers rotation and team a lot. Uh, I think you're obviously hoping that that Lynn and Miner produce something like they did last year or like they have recently. I think that's mm-hmm. a pretty reasonable expectation for Lance Lynn. I don't know that he'll. I think last year may have very well been the best season of his career, but he could still be a very good pitcher without being that good again. Agreed. And Miner has been relatively stable the last few years, and I think you're just hoping that the injury, you know, age and regression doesn't show up for him. But yeah, adding, I mean, yeah. you've got three guys that, that have the ceiling of, of being a torp. So. You have for three sure. dudes in this roster now who you can you, you can get ace games from and maybe yes. get number one or number two seasons from over the whole year, and that's mm-hmm. awesome. That's yeah. never happened for this team before. Yeah. Sure. If we did manage to sneak into the the postseason this year for whatever reason, you'd feel really good about those three guys mm-hmm. being your horses. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure, yeah, yeah. It, it's funny that you just said horses, and and so I I have this pulled up right here. So last season, uh, Miner and Lynn both pitched the same number of innings as two hundred eight and a third innings pitched. So again, in in you know in today's game, two hundred innings is is not only uncommon but it's kind of special. Um, mm-hmm. And Corey Kluber for 2014 to 2018 with the Indians, he averaged 218 innings pitched per year. That <laughs> includes a 235 season and a 222 season. So, I mean, not only do you have guys that are effective and who who were you know just really really sparkling, but those were guys that were taking the ball inning after inning. I mean, I don't know. It's Maybe it's because of the way that the Rangers have always been, and like, when are we going to get some pitching up in here? But I was just always tickled watching Lynn and Miner last year taking the ball, you know, in the eighth inning. I mean, mm-hmm. time and time again, like that was just made you feel good, put put a good feeling like a spring in your step or something. So the fact that those three are coming together next year is, you know, if as long as the you know, you you think about the the other two spots in the rotation, and obviously you don't have you can never have too much starting pitching. So whatever Burke and and uh, Palumbo and others and Hearn, you know, forget about him, um, are gonna kind of pile together before you know it. Maybe it's maybe it's a deep pitching team, and you hit enough home runs to make it work, like the Twins did, and you know the Astros are banged up i don't know and and maybe things work out but then again maybe you have ronald guzman be terrible at first base again and you don't have a center fielder and joey gallo plays 60 games and we'll see what happens it's it's just yeah. so difficult to see right now but i mean but we getting have some the of pieces we just need, we just need more pieces out. yeah and i think the note on 200 innings is really interesting it's a bit of an arbitrary threshold but it's still really valuable, and even in this era where we're seeing bullpens be better than they've ever been before, the idea mm-hmm. of a 200-inning pitcher is not as big of a deal now as it was 10 years ago. But we're, the real the key when you see a guy have 200 innings is that that means he's starting 33, 34 games. That's true, too. And when your top three pitchers are guys that you can rely on to go deep into games and to start 
30 something games a year that mm-hmm. means those are starts that are not going to your seventh eighth ninth and tenth best starting pitchers so you're not right. asking you're, you're asking taylor hearn to like hey man can you make an appearance here because we're, we're skipping lance for a week okay that's fine different from well uh we need to rely on a new guy to be a member of the the starting rotation so you have to learn how to be a big leaguer you have to learn how to navigate your hotel and get to the ballpark every day and learn your routines while also pitching at a three-tier stadium in front of bigger crowds than you've been around before uh good luck with that kids yeah and please yeah, do that nice a dozen times that. our season depends on you yeah i mean i it's I'm sure this has come up in discussions before, but Texas has not had a steady rotation by any means in many, many years. They've never had, I think, three guys of this potential caliber. But the 2011 season, other than Ogando, everyone started 30 games, and Ogando started 29. So mm-hmm. no, that he's right season there with was everyone. A, it was and that what, was incredible. That, that year that was, was what, lightning uh, in a bottle. That was 2011. That was, I think, our st- our starting five. I think started 156 games that year. I think it's a number. I'm going to check. But just yes. that w- that was remarkable, and don't get me sad again, for no reason. But oh, I love that team. I mean, yeah, you had was, peak Harrison, awesome. you had peak Holland, you had peak C.J. Wilson. I mean, gosh. Mm-hmm. Good Colby. Yeah, good Colby. And that meant that you know you're you could focus in on that bullpen. You were not relying on guys coming in every day to, to clean up fires, and you weren't asking a bunch of you know kids to be making. 10 or 12 starts a few starts here and there when guys are tired or guys are hurt or you know you need to kind of cobble together a, a fifth starter out of a guy who gets 22 games and a couple of guys to start three that's fine that's normal but you need to have guys who can get you to the end of the season who you are kind of relying on um and the fact that these guys all have a history of being able to put up these big seasons that you can in theory pencil in your one through three not worry about them and then focus on the rest of your roster, like finding a competent center fielder or first baseman. That's great. And they did that to some extent by finding a guy that these pitchers are going to be throwing to next year. Yes. Um, so, like, sound the, the trumpets, you know. We're, we're bringing him back. We got him, boys. Yeah. Yes. is coming home. I'm so happy. <laughs> I uh, always love that guy. Yeah. I love his um, – I mean, I know a lot of catchers doing it. The first guy I noticed a lot with the um, – he puts those really, really bright, uh, like, fingernail polishes on. Oh, yeah, and yeah. I've, I've always loved that because he has, like, neon colors and stuff. It's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. But clearly he was really well-liked. Um, yeah, he's always kind of clowned up in the dugout. I thought it was always pretty fun to watch him on the team. He's a good hitter. He, for his age, is not that beat up as a catcher because he was a third baseman infielder most of his time in the minor leagues. Um, so you're not talking about – he's, what, 35 now? But he's not been squatting for the last 20 years, so we're in the last five or six. So he's, in theory, a little bit healthier than some of these guys are. He is the polar opposite, essentially, of Jeff Mathis. A lot of bat, and we're not going to talk about framing numbers. Although, to be fair, Jeff Mathis' framing numbers were also terrible last year. So, <laughs> And yeah. Chirinos has a good reputation for like working well with pitchers. Not Mathis's reputation, but apparently he, he like guys like working with him. Um, you know, he's he's getting better at game calling. So I don't think you're you're talking about truly going from a, a all glove to no glove behind the plate, but you're going from absolutely no bat to one of the what five. I think he's I think he's the fourth or fifth best hitter uh, for catchers in the last five years. Mm-hmm. That's pretty fun. Yeah, just the fact he's not an automatic out. That that's thrilling mm-hmm. thrilling for the coming season yeah that that goes a long way towards lengthening the lineup and mm-hmm. i mean you can't really do it this way but mathis was something like a negative one and a half two win player and i think you can probably uh, expect Yo, reasonably hope for uh, trying to be a two to three win player that's a four win swing yeah. exactly yeah jeff mathis's ops plus was 11 I think his WRC plus was two. I mean, like there is there is no even if you threw out every caught like stealing attempt and didn't allow a pass ball, like there's no level boy, of defensive power. Uh, I I honestly gosh. believe Mike Trout would put up better numbers with an honest to god wiffle ball bat than Jeff Mathis did. Like you could go to Dollar General and spend two bucks on Mike Trout's full equipment, glove and bat, and he would be better off next. He would be more valuable. 
by a large he no glove. Mike Trout has to use his bare hands. He could he do plays it. the plastic bat. He would be better. He than could Jim do it. Mathis. He he would learn how to make it work. Yeah, he'd be Gosh. way better than Jeff. He would put up a, a lot of buns. Season doing that. A lot of buns. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh man, he so, had yeah. twelve um, RBIs. Woo. He had twelve. He had thirty six hits what, all season. Like he had thirty six hits all season. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, you know, you Robinson know what I, Trinos, you know what this course, is. Last year had seventeen home runs last season. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know what? Yeah. You know what he you, was. You know, you know what this is. Uh, Go ahead. What is it? What is and it? He's gone. Hayden. Hayden, come back to us. No, I'm sorry. Hayden, no. I, I told you to go ahead. No. I'm, oh, I'm sorry I didn't hear that. No, here's 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 what Mathis oh, is. You remember remember the speech yeah. that Kevin Costner gave Nuke Lelouch in Bull Durham, talking about the difference between a two fifty and a three hundred hitter, how it was <laughs> one ground ball with eyes a week, uh, one Texas Mike. leaker, one this and that. That's what Mathis was all season. He was 50 points of batting average. <laughs> Gosh. Is that good? Well, no. Hmm. Man, he, no. Let, let me tell you he what this is. He did two home runs, this, though. And I think we it's won two more home runs than I did last year. It, it was very much like a, a, an element of, like, you do not waste a Jeff Mathis home run. You better win that game. Um, <laughs> let me check that out. Because I, f- I have a feeling that one of them was in like a like a nine to eight game. It's like, oh man, we better not lose. Um, I got his logs. No, what, 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 what? Yeah, let's see. We got it up here. Fortunately, his splits are not hard to find in games in which he hit a home run. We won both of he them. One against. One of them was eleven to ten. Yeah, eleven nice. to ten game. Yeah. So there you go. That was the difference. Good for him. They should have yeah, uh, picked him up and put him on their shoulders and carried him off the field. Yeah. Wow, both of his home runs are in one-run wins for Texas. <laughs> no, no, no. His last one was it was a uh, four to one, uh, June twenty-six against the Tigers. Four to three against the Reds. Did I click the wrong game? Uh, you clicked the wrong season. Oh, that was his only game. Uh, that was like his only double on the year. Oh, he hit one, one double. Oh no, my god, he hit more than one double, but not many more. No, no, no. Yeah, month. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight doubles. WRC um, plus of two. Oh my gosh! Anyway, still funny to say. What 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 I what I want to deliver here? What Mathis is, and with the subsequent Torino signing, is you know the prodigal son returning or whatever. Uh, man, score one for for people like us <laughs> and the, like just dumb fans who sit in their rooms and comment that. We're smart because when as soon as Torinos's option was declined, oh yeah, everybody thought it was stupid. And oh, yeah. you can say you can say okay, well I understand that he wasn't the best defensive catcher, but he had a pretty good arm and he's got a great bat. And like what you want from a from a you know catcher, any kind of offense is is great. So that's a that's a marginal advantage that can you can really exploit because the other teams don't have a guy that's going to drop seventeen bombs a year. And uh, yeah, we were proven right because Mathis, with the WRC plus of uh, of two and an OPS plus of eleven, and not being healthy, and honestly just also being bad at framing and doing all that defensive stuff and throwing up like idiot two year. We gave him a two year deal. Come on, so score one for the armchair GMs like all three of us and the other everybody else that's listening is like hey. We know we know things. <laughs> we we're not completely void of uh, you know ability to scout talent and to run a team. We would have picked up Trinos's option and told Jeff Mathis that uh, keep on looking down the road and keep on knocking on doors because why would you? Uh, we we were going to play him eighty games. And that was, I like okay. the idea that Texas wanted to go in a different direction at catcher, and they're like, "Look, we know what Robbie is. We really like him. You know, we know we understand. We have, we are trying something different. We're doing a little bit out of our wheelhouse." Yeah, and, uh, I know. So they, and then and then they they did the Jeff Mathis thing, and we all know how that went. It's yeah. like if you had a buddy who you know always he's like, "Yeah, yeah I'm coming over. I'm, I'll, I'll bring some uh, you know beer for the party," and he's just bringing Natty Light every time. It's like yeah. you're. 
like suit and tie dinner parties or whatever. And so one week he's like, no, guys, I've made a difference. And he brings wine. And then a week later it's back to the Natty Light. It's like, look, he knows what he's about, okay? And this yeah. was, this is where we were at. Uh, I love the idea of trotting out. Hey, guys, we are a defensive catching team. What mm-hmm. do you all think? Everyone boos. Boos. Everyone we boos, We are a yeah. Robinson Chirinos <laughs> catching team, everyone. What do you all think of this? Yeah, we love dingers. <laughs> We love gifts and we love bright fingernails. <laughs> Let's try something different. Man, hey, one what thing is- I like about this signing is th- this will silence the critics that said that JD was not going to sign Cheerios because he didn't want to admit that he was wrong. Yeah, I thought come that on. that yeah. was silly from the get go. JD, he's a much more shrewd, much more wise man. Knows what he's doing. He's not afraid to admit that he'd made a mistake. It, it, it's it's all good. This is all sunshine and lollipops and really happy for the reunion yeah but yeah super happy to see robbie back again next year uh i'm also excited just because as a rangers fan i have to engage in self-hate frequently uh, by the idea of texas using the 26-man roster to carry three catchers they won't but it would be on brand in some ways they won't they won't won't. with ikf as an emergency fourth yeah, right. Like, they won't. They're, <laughs> they're going to cut Mathis, man. They're going to oh, yeah. do oh, it. Oh, no. I think, uh, I wish, but I think we're going to see Trevino in the minors again. Oh, God, no. Yeah. I no. feel it in my bones. And they're gonna. we're still going to get some concept of like, well, he is really good at handling Mike Minor. Um, mm. Look, if they want to do that, they want to make they're him gonna the guy cut who Mathis. caught uh, Dickey. What was that? Um Oh, oh gosh. Thole? Was it Josh Thole? I think that no. was his, his personal catcher. I don't remember who it was. I think it was Josh yeah. Thole. But uh, he had a personal catcher who was like Mathis level terrible with the bat, but he could catch you know the eighty six mile an hour knuckleballs. So the you know the Mets and the Blue Jays they included him in the trade. <laughs> like you're gonna just you're gonna keep cr- this guy. Uh, he is not good at most parts of baseball, but he'll catch this weird stuff. He's a one man catcher. It's what he's here for. And but that's that a definite skill set. That's Mathis, an actual skill set, yes. Mathis does not have a definite skill set. He is mm. the pitcher whisperer. Yeah. Uh, I read it on the internet. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Man, what that makes me think of is, you know how like there's always that kind of permanent kind of uh, idea that when you have children, you know, make sure that they... A, play baseball because that's where the great money is. And two, make sure that they're left-handed because if they are if they can even throw strikes as a lefty, like, they'll get unlimited shots in the major leagues, you yeah. know, over right. Like, if, you, if you're lefty and you throw 95, like, you're going to get paid, period. But if you want to have a long career playing baseball? Learn how to catch a knuckleball. Learn how to catch. Or just learn how to catch anything. Learn how to catch a knuckleball. Imagine that. Yeah, I mean, they don't... I, I've talked about them on the pod before. Not a glamorous position. Doesn't pay super well. But every team has to have at least one bullpen catcher. Those guys hang out with big leaguers all day, every day. Oh, yeah. You know the pitchers know how valuable those dudes are. You're, you don't even have to go in front of anybody to do your job. Yep. You just squat back there and catch. And, there's, uh, there's zero press. There's zero pressure. And you get to be best friends with major leaguers, and you get to be on the field, and you get to f- take the private flights, and you get the jersey with your name on it. Oh yeah, I'd it's take a, that. Like super easy route into coaching if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. Oh man, learn to catch. Is it too but late? Do not learn to catch and throw left-handed. Apparently, that's illegal. <laughs> Just straight up, still aren't any left-handed catchers. Even though I think it's pretty uh, clearly established now that being left-handed as a catcher will not result in you killing people. Well, there used to be left-handed catchers, right? Like, I think way, way back maybe, but it was always pretty rare. Yeah. The trick now, of course, is getting gear. It's really hard to find a, a left-handed catcher's mitt. So that's why you don't see a lot of that kind of thing going on. Uh, very, very rare objects, and they're expensive is my understanding. But, Yeah. So we've definitely seen some additions to the you know, the big league team. I think there's still more to be done, and we are going to kind of get back into that in a little bit. Um, but the Kluber news is December stuff. Uh, the Torino's pickup was relatively recent. Todd Frazier also happened this week. But those are, of course, uh, overshadowed by the big, big news in baseball this week. Uh, just came out yesterday um, that the Athletics have acquired Tony Kemp, from the Chicago Cubs. <laughs> uh, Kemp, of course, one-time Astro. Uh-huh. 
I was going somewhere with this. Oh, the Astros, right. The Astros. Um, <laughs> I have something for you before you get started, Max. Oh, yeah, 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 go ahead. Just a little extra for the Rangers fans out there if you want to broaden your vocabulary. A little treat? Schadenfreude. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Pleasure derived by someone from another person's misfortune. So see if you can use that in a sentence. Mm. Well, I think we're all experiencing like medically questionable levels of schadenfreude. Um, yes. I had to speak to a doctor. It did last more than four hours. I was about to make that joke. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> we all were. <sighs> it's like they know who they're marketing those commercials to. Anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the way it came out where, okay, Hinch and, and Luno, they're suspended. Oh, wait. They're fired. It was just, it just, it kept giving throughout the day. It was, it was wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, and, yeah, and so, then it ultimately mm-hmm. gave with, with the, the statement from Jeff Lunau too. That oh, yeah. was, that was the, that was the digestif. Oh my gosh! Throw everybody under the bus. I'm mm-hmm. not a cheater. It wasn't me. I didn't have any idea about this. But you know who did? You should talk to that bench coach and those players because yada yada yada. And we do this and this and this. And I'm Jeff Lou now. And this is my world. And y'all are living in it. And you will rue the day because my day of reckoning is coming. Also, I am announcing my partnership with John. Papa John. Uh, with Papa John's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> like, I mean, come on. It, it was, there's so much. And, and, and I mean, I, I think I'll let y'all do most of the talking because I think most of my stuff will be too emotional. But my, my mom, in, in just like the, the nonsensical teabagging kind of way. Um, but my hey, mom don't ever use th- mom and teabagging in the same sentence. That's yeah. Good. Come on, man. My, my mom called me today and she said, um, and, and she was like, hey, you know, um, I just want to talk to you about the the Astro stuff, you know, because um, yada yada yada, and what do you think about it? And I was like, man, we we talked through it a little bit, and I was like, man, this is this is really good because it's not even like a level of of bias of oh, the Rangers and the Astros were good at the same time a couple of years ago, and you know, a really uh, a rivalry developed, and you know. We were both competing for a division, and we played each other, you know, 20 times a year, and we, you know, we play four hours away from each other and all that kind of stuff, and, like, it's not even, like, developed because of, like, we want to beat the Astros just outright. Like, there is a level of, like, systemic organizational rot that we've been able to see because of the proximity, and that is not, you know, broadcasted or put on billboards on a national level. And to have this come out and to have Manfred have his release, like he, he edit, editorialized that release of, of the punishments. And it wasn't just, this is what's going on. Major League Baseball condemns cheating in all forms, end quote. No, like there was stuff about, you know, while the Astros are good and they've turned the franchise yeah. around and into being perennial playoff contenders, you know, we we must comment on the toxic nature of this franchise and the culture that they've developed is completely you know the antithesis of of what the gamesmanship is about and what baseball is about and basically saying the Astros are bad for baseball and like it was that that response that I I felt very validated in because again it, it, I want the Astros to lose I want to beat the Astros I want to win the World Series you know and we got to go through them yeah but there's also a level of like this isn't right. Like when you fire your scouts, it isn't right. When you when you do the whole Brady Aiken and Mark Appel and all that other kind of trash with the draft, that isn't right. You know when you're doing, yeah, there, there's 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 a couple other things there that that, I'm, that are escaping me right now. But to uh, have it kind of culminate with, into this yeah. is just like a it it feels good. Like because I wasn't we weren't crazy. I'm not crazy. Right. It's validating to have someone else step in and say, look. You know, I'm not happy about this because I think the Astros, I just want to see bad things happen to them. It's like, I, I had this feeling, <laughs> I don't like these guys, I think there's something else that's going on in here. This this right. actually does seem worse than what other people are doing, or the, mm-hmm. the way they're going about this seems a little off-putting. Like, for example, there was the, the Guriel incident a couple of years oh, ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. And there was some wagon circling there with like, oh, you know, he wouldn't know, you know, he, you know, you know he came off the island. It's like, what, they don't have racism in Cuba? Um, <laughs> that seems unlikely. Guys, that's not a that's an interesting defense. So it was a little 
validating to see some of what Manfred was saying. That it's like, look, I'm not crowing about this because I'm just happy to see something bad happen to my rival. It's that I think that something worse was happening than just those guys are good at baseball and it annoys me. Exactly. I mean, it's, I think it's why people get so excited, for example, in the NFL, every time the Patriots get into trouble for something, a lot of people have a really visceral reaction to Bill Belichick and they, they think that that organization is engaged in a lot of shady stuff. And so when something else comes up, people are like, look, I'm not making this up. You know, I'm, this is why I don't like these things. Um, so it was interesting to see how kind of hard on the paint Manfred went on the Astros organization. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of that I think just comes straight back to the way Lunau organized that team. Mm-hmm. He brought in a very corporate consultant approach to it. He was going to be very cutthroat. He's going to be very, you know, all these things that we have allowed ourselves to believe are desirable aspects in people. Uh, the idea of it's not really a competition; it's a it's a you know a war, and you need to win. And uh, one way to win is by making yourself better, and one way to win is by taking your opponents out and. You know, we weren't seeing him assassinating people in parking lots. That's good, I guess. But that mentality and approach is one that, I mean, I don't like working around it. It's not but he my did favorite. employ a closer that beat his wife. So that's, True. Yeah. There's that. Yeah. Win at, at all costs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and, and we're going to see, just sort of related to this, there's going to be a bit of an interesting conversation in the next week or two related to the Cubs because of the Chris Bryant's uh, grievance filed over his service time manipulation. Yeah, he will. He's one day short of being a free agent at the end of this year because the Cubs called him up the day after he would have gotten 172. I think it's 172 days yet, or 133 days, whatever it is. And he has one fewer day than that. Um, and that's a GM, Epstein, who has a strong reputation for being one of these you know, not baseball guys. He's a he's a smart guy. He's a, he mm-hmm. knows how to run an operation. And then we've had them trade for Araldus Chapman and employ Addison Russell. And you know, there's a willingness to overlook some off the field stuff. And by some off the field stuff, I mean some criminal activity involving millennia worth of social disparity between men and women. Um, you know, it's not a minor thing. A couple of teams seem to be pretty willing to to work around that, or to not care about that. So, are the are the Astros being punished because Brandon Taubman did a bunch of stuff he really shouldn't have done, and Roberto Osuna also did a bunch of shit have done? No, but the culture that allowed Brandon mm-hmm. Taubman to think that he could get away with what he did in the clubhouse was one that also led to things that are bad for strictly the sport of baseball. And it was yeah. kind of nice to see those things be a little bit hand in hand. Exactly. Um, that look we're. You can't have seven isolated bad incidents, right? Yeah, exactly. These things are probably a little bit more related than we than you might mm-hmm. want to think they are. It was nice to see them not just see what you said, Hayden. Ah, baseball has a strong rules sense, and uh, we like guys to be good. So there you go. <laughs> like, they didn't do that. They actually mm-hmm. kind of laid into it. So, so let's talk yeah. about the uh, the punishment itself. Mm-hmm. So they lose their first and second round draft picks in 2020 and 2021. Yep. I think that's um, huge. That's huge. Yeah. Way bigger than people are saying it is. Uh, I, I I thought the rest of I thought the following punishments were were like the, the little components were a little bit half measured in terms of mm-hmm. like the fine and whatever, but I thought that that was a that was a very good way to address that, you know, mechanism of the organization. I I would also have liked to seen J2 money go away, but, you know, whatever. And maybe the loss of a pennant. <laughs> well, well of, of course there's that. And and also, like, while you're I, – I will divert this one, one last time. <laughs> I mean, Jose Altuve won the batting title. Uh, how are you not going to just say, uh, yeah, you don't get to keep that? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> how – that that should be even more e- – that should be way easier to strip than the pennant, but whatever. Anyways, go on. <laughs> so Given that they the, didn't do anything like that with PED stuff, I just don't think baseball is ever going to get that retroactive. And as a you know, also a big college football guy, like I know you know, I'm an Alabama fan. We've had games vacated and stuff, and I don't remember which ones we vacated. Mm-hmm. It, eh, yeah, but that matters it, to it, me. it would mean a lot to the guy who. Let me look up while you're while you're talking. I'm gonna look up who finished second, and like you know, it'd be cool. Yeah, yeah like, that'd be we, something. You know, like we have we have some pride in the fact that Michael Young won a batting title because, among other things, like Young wasn't the best player ever. You know, but to us, he kind of was. 
Like, but you know what I mean? Like to us, he kind of was. And the fact that he won that batting title that one year, like that's kind of a feather in, in not only his cap, but in our cap. And as, as to kind of like his legacy and his legend around here is that he did that. And so, you know, Julio Frank, like we, we remember the names of the players in our franchise that have won the batting title. Yes. You know, so it, 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 it would be kind of nice if the guy who finished second, which I will find out here in a minute, you know, if he, you know, got to have that feather in his cap and his, and if his teammates and his fan base got to, uh, you know, just kind of, it's, it doesn't mean anything. It, it was, uh, obviously El Garcia, Garcia for the, <laughs> who was, really? who is Garcia? now, yeah, he, he, he was with got the White second. Sox then, then was the Rays and now he's, who did he just sign with? The, I don't know, Brewers? That sounds right. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know, whatever. I like it, it just. Just, just let him have like a silver bat or a little like plaque or something <laughs> like that. I don't know because, whatever. He deserves it. Yeah, he I deserves get. it. Yeah. So, my baseball mind was going crazy yesterday and just thinking about the punishment and was it fair? Was was it light? Was it harsh? To me, the money thing, and and I get it that that's the max that yeah, under the baseball CBA. can find a team. But I, I I thought about it in these terms, and I thought it would. If this were a perfect world, the way I think they should have been fine is they should take all the pitchers who pitched against the Astros in 2017 and <laughs> 2018, and they should recalculate their war for the seasons <laughs> by assuming that they pitched oh. the same against the Astros as they did against every other team. Oh. And then you could take that incremental war that it would go yes. up, and you could monetize that because what what one war is what worth what five million? Like eight. So nobody knows anymore. Yeah. So that whole calculation's gotten so, so screwy the last two years. Find the Astros and make them pay those players for depressing their salaries. Because if I was a pitcher, that's exactly the way I would want to look at it. I would mm-hmm. be oh. just genuinely ticked. Okay, and then there were what idea. there were what thirteen guys. I, forget who wrote the article yes. they went and interviewed the 13 guys who got sent down and never made it back up after getting lit up by the astros in 2017 and 2018 mm-hmm. i think they should be given a million dollars a piece i mean no i have a better idea what we suspend the entirety of the houston astros team into the 2017 <laughs> roster and they have to employ all the guys who lost jobs because <laughs> they cheated against him <laughs> And that's their 2020 roster. Nice. You're just pulling guys off of like independent league teams. The Sugarland Skeeters are real mad, but they're also happy because now they have two Astros or yeah. whatever. It'd be fun. Yeah, it, 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 I mean, you're you're on the right track into kind of how, like, I don't know, disgusting this. I don't want to use like a, a, an emotional word, I guess, but this whole cheating thing is like this affected. This affected a lot of people. Oh yeah, um, in like in in not only in emotional ways and like professional ways, but in 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 monetary ways. Yeah, and you, you think about like Darvish is a is a prime yeah example. My, my how much how much more would he have made? Yeah, my my heart breaks for him, man. Because yeah. like I I love you, Darvish, and and that's obviously not a not a hidden fact and and i think most of us do too but man he got embarrassed in the world series like he, he, he lost a hate the, the dodgers made a trade deadline acquisition to go all in and he was their he representation of going all in to win the world series and when his bell got called the twice in the world series so he welcome got to the new rangers like, rundown just that completely is completely um, just Mike farted and, and fell down only, and puked so all over himself on the platform. field. It was embarrassing for and, him. Um, it was embarrassing for me as a as a huge U.S. fan. Talk about recent signings and in Major League Baseball. Did you see his tweet uh, about other than being willing to join the 2017 Dodgers parade? Yeah, I saw that. So, you know, and, and, and he's great, um, and 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 I I love his perspective and everything. But man, like you, Darvish should have a World Series ring. Clayton Kershaw, who probably can't get any sleep at night right now, because gosh, you remember after the freaking. Uh, he said at one time he he said that, you know maybe I'll learn how to not fail after one of his subpar postseason performances recently. Like Oof. this dude ca- like is is like not in a good spot <laughs> and like his his legacy as the greatest pitcher ever is held back by the fact that he didn't win that World Series. You know and so there's those things and like 
you know, and the Yankees, you know, in the same regard, were, were a very, very good team. And as much as I don't particularly care for the Yankees, like, they deserve to go and, and try to win a World Series. But they got stopped in seven games. You know, it was a very close series. You know, if without the Astros knowing what pitch was coming, the, the Yankees probably would have had a chance to win a World Series. Counter-argument. The Yankees deserve nothing. I, no, I, I get that, but I mean, you think about the players that are on the Yankees. That you know, they didn't come, they didn't, what you happened? know, live their whole lives saying twenty-seven rings and whatever else. Like, I can hear they, you. I can hear you clicking away on your ball keyboard. players who got drafted into pinstripes. So, they like they deserve to have a chance at glory too. Like a freaking uh, mm. Didi Didi Gregorius. We all love him, right? He deserved to have a chance to win a World Series, but he didn't no. get that either because of Jeff Lunau, because of AJ Hinch, because of the entire Astros roster. No nope. blank. Like that's nope. that like that is troublesome. That is, I hate that. Yeah, you got to stick to the Darvish and, argument. I'm yeah. not getting win whenever. I'm actually, I'm, I'm actually wanting more teams to cheat just to make the Yankees sad. <laughs> yeah, fair. <laughs> Manfred statement. While we recognize that this is egregious and an affront to our we game, we will allow it in the extant uh, situation of yeah. the Yankees being in your ballpark. Yeah, do whatever y'all want. Yeah, that's uh, that's true. I, I do get that, but yeah, so that's mm-hmm. that's just crazy, man. It's crazy. What an off well, and, season! And we're going to see it keep going because the other you know, big news of the day is yeah. that, and this has been a part of the story for a while, is that Alex Cora, who was the bench coach of the Astros at the time and has since become the manager of the Red Sox was implicated in the 2017 cheating scandal with the Astros as one of its architects, one of its primary designers, and also in bringing a similar but an always worse system to the Red Sox. I am, I would like to take a brief moment to say that I'm very impressed that the Red Sox suck at cheating. Like, they're bad at it. Like, they did the, they saw the Astros, like, hey, what if we did that but made it worse? So, that's cool. Um... Big big fan of the Red Sox not being very good at the cheating thing. But they did do it. So they still get in trouble. Attempting to rob a bank, still pretty bad. Uh, and Cora was looking to get whacked. Um, I think there was the wide anticipation that he would get at least as bad uh, a punishment as Hinch got. But very possibly worse just because the Red Sox were kind of on notice in 2018 about some of these things and did it anyway. They're a little bit more egregious, if you will. So Cora got fired today by the Red Sox, who are doing an admirable job of trying to wriggle out of this one by getting out in front of it. And we'll see if that succeeds. I'm Nobody's guessing it no. will Yeah. Oh, man. Okay. So so speaking about that, not to not to derail it too much, that, but uh, uh, Mike Miner... We're very on-rails on podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, so. I know, I know. But like we're talking about the, the, the Red Sox and everything. Mike Miner is on Twitter right now. You mm. might not know Mike Miner as a great uh, Twitter personality because he only has tweeted 16 times. <laughs> um, but and, and only one of them has not been in a, re- in a reply. And that is this following tweet that he just tweeted as we started recording this tweet. Ooh. He says, he says, but he plays the game the right way. What you got, Pete? Which sounds like he's saying something about like how Alex Cora said something about his 200th strikeout and how the Rangers don't play the game the right way, insinuating that, of course, the Red Sox do. And I was like, okay, but who's Pete? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Oh, it's- I think Pete, Pete might Mr. have been Rose. a fan that called him out. No, Pete is a is a Pete Abraham who covers the Red Sox for the Boston Globe, who yep. tweeted on September twenty uh, sixth that Mike Miner's two hundred strikeout should have a big asterisk. That was Bush chasing a milestone that way is unprofessional. <laughs> Mike Miner used one of his sixteen tweets to say, "Ask me if I care, Pete." <laughs> and uh, now, <laughs> and now four months later, says, "What you got, Pete?" <laughs> That is awesome. That is He's truly been waiting awesome. in the shadows for that. Just lurking. Yeah. <laughs> he does incredible. not forget the name of a Boston Globe reporter. <laughs> Mike Miner forgets nothing. He's he's rising up the charts. He's becoming one of my favorite Rangers just because of that. That's yeah. Oh, the Alex Cora, um, we played the game the right way comments after that game. Those are really funny now. And uh, oh, what was the other thing I saw the other day that made me laugh? Um, the Astros World Series rings. What was it that was in those? Earned history. Yeah. <laughs> the Astros World Series rings uh, are etched with the phrase "earned history." That's cool. 
Yeah. That's, that's not ironic at all. When when they make a movie about this era, people are going to say, no, that's that's embellishing. That's that's fictitious. There's no way that The Ring said that or that this person tweeted that or that Justin Furlander in 2018 said, MLB needs to cle- clean up the cheating that's going on in Major League Baseball. And A.J. Hinch laughed about cheating in a press conference and that all this kind of stuff. It's like, no, 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 no. That didn't actually happen. Like, that's just too, you know, 180-degree turn of, of reality. That didn't actually happen. Oh, it's happening, and it's fun. It's very fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty solid. One thing I was thinking about, because they were talking about how, you know, stealing signs has been going on since the beginning of time in baseball. You know, it's just the fact that technology was introduced into that that thing, I guess. But to me, I, I just wondered... Okay, if the Astros and the Red Sox can use technology to help them cheat by stealing signs, why can't baseball use technology to eliminate flashing signs altogether where a catcher could have some kind of handheld device that that he would click or punch a button so many times mm-hmm. that that would alert the pitcher to what pitch was he was calling and then the pitcher could shake him off or, or whatever. It seems like that's just too easy a solution. And I don't know why I'm not hearing that discussed anywhere because that gets rid of your problem. I mean, football, they they have, you know... Um, headsets now, yeah. Headsets, and, and, and they're calling in plays from the sidelines to the, to the quarterback, and they're able to do that within, you know, 45 seconds before the next play has to start. I don't know why baseball couldn't use technology because that would just it completely wipes it out i just and i i have seen some conversation about that you know i've seen people make those proposals and i imagine that that's one of those things that will get we'll start seeing workshopped probably at the minor leagues just to make sure it's not too intrusive for players but i think that's probably on the way you know baseball definitely likes to to stick to its traditions of players wearing pajamas and of doing things the way they were done in 1907 or whatever but it, there's nothing hallowed about flashing the signs, right? No, and it, and this is a problem. Yeah, it's become an issue. It's and, become and, a big issue. Stein stealing was a problem in the '50s. I mean, the, it, Astros fans will be the first to tell you that Willie Mays is uh, is actually a bad player because he stole signs or whatever. Um, but like you were saying, the introduction of high definition cameras in center field that watch everything the catcher is doing and don't require a player to be on second base to do it. That is an escalation of an existing thing. And it doesn't seem like this is a particularly difficult problem to fix, really. No, it's not. Baseball had tried doing things. They had um, monitors standing in replay rooms. who They were put there, especially in 2019. And I believe they were stationed at the during the 2018 playoffs. Uh, it may have been 17 and then 18, but whatever. Um, but there are guys that Major League Baseball hired to stand around in video rooms to make sure that teams weren't doing things like sign stealing and then communicating that stuff to dugouts. It just apparently was very unequally enforced, and so it didn't mean much. I, I think we're just going to see an escalation in responses to it and then maybe a, a slight introduction of some new tech or, or something on the side that allows pitchers and catchers to communicate better than they have before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, w- it makes when, all the when, sense when in the world. Yeah, when we're dealing with with this level of, you know, people's reputations and millions of dollars like we discussed before with people being sent down or World Series earnings or free agent contracts or whatever else, like you got to you got to just take care of it. Nobody's saying that in high school you need to buy every high school player an Apple Watch or whatever, but let's 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 make sure that this is not an issue because this is a huge issue and it's kind of fun right now. I guess but if we have to go through this next off season, then it would be very tired, and 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 kind of a, a long lasting black eye about. Come on, you can't even like pitch and hit normally. So hopefully um, something's figured out. I don't I don't know. Is it going to take like an MLB employee in every clubhouse and every you know hallway and every center field batter's eye area? I don't know, but just. Just, just like pitch and hit 
and one team will score more runs than the other, and then it's going to be fun for one team, and then the <laughs> you do that 161 more times, and then you see what happens. Like, like come on, come on, come well, on. Talking about guys hitting and scoring runs, um, Texas is hoping to do that next year, and a guy who was expected to possibly do that um, was Josh Donaldson, who it was announced, I think, when we hit record, had signed a deal today. Mm-hmm. And I just yep. saw the financial numbers on it. Y'all seen this yet? I have not. Four for ninety two. It's a with little a, bit better option. than that. Yeah, it's four eighty four with a sixteen million dollar option in the back end with an eight million dollar buyout. So ninety two okay. million guaranteed. So that's a twenty three million dollar AAV. <sighs> um, but that uh, because that eight million dollar buyout is there, if he's any good at all, they get him for eight million dollars uh, on the fifth year. So total possible cost is five years, one hundred million. Not yeah. bad. Not bad for him. No, it's good for him. And honestly, $20 million a year for Josh Donaldson, even if he's only good for the first two or three of those years, that's that's pretty good. I don't. I haven't thought about it enough to know if I wanted Texas knee-jerk to have made that deal, but I, I, would, not, I would not have hated that deal. I wouldn't have wanted them to make that deal. I, 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 don't, I don't like it either for the Rangers, no. I mean, with with the way that you see the, the holes in the rest of the team, if you can get – I mean, is how much better is Josh Donaldson than Todd Frazier? Like a lot, significantly better, yes, but vastly. But I mean, as we discussed with like the whole, should we sign Rendon and whatever? I mean, point is, there's no such thing as like a, a can't miss prospect, at least in this system. But I mean, you'd hope that Josh Young is, or or certain apostle is literally playing every day in the majors by the time that that Donaldson deal is done. So. Can that money actually be used better for first base or center field or whatever else? Probably, yeah. So, or to freaking uh, you know save that money for uh, the eventual Chris Bryant or Arnado trade. I don't care. I don't. I'm not holding my breath. How about the but, Joey Gallo extension or the Joey Gallo? Exactly. Like, would you rather have Joey Gallo any day now for for twenty million dollars a year for the next five years and Todd Frazier, or would you rather have? Joey Gallo on an ARB contract for three years and Josh Donaldson. The answer's easy. Both. Of course. answer's easy. Not my money. And I think that throwing all that money at Donaldson, it doesn't fit in with where they are in terms of the rebuild. Um, mm-hmm. I think that it would prevent them from keeping their window open for a long time. Mm-hmm. when they are ready to contend because I think that that contract could eventually be an albatross around the neck. You know, I mean, you can't, you can't pay 20 million a year to every position on the field. Yep. And yep. I like my chances a lot better with one of the triumvirate of young Wenzel or apostle and having that fit in perfectly with the window of, of contention. Yep. Then hoping that Josh Donaldson hangs on and gives you value at the very tail end of his career, I agree. Yep, absolutely. If 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 Guzman was was dependable, and if I don't know Nick Solak could play center field, then yeah, give Josh Donaldson eighty million dollars and and call it a call it an off season. But that's not where we're at. Like we we have more holes that can be filled by throwing that money around. So it's me and Mike versus Max here, and yeah, yeah. So Let's duke it out. Yeah. Well, it's all going to be a moot point because, you know, um, Young, Huff, and Leody are all going to force their way onto this roster by August, and um, our window of contention begins in 2021, and we get the World Series next year. Yeah. It, it, just that easy. It's it easy. really is. Problem solved. Let's just do it. Set it up. Bring it. Cool. Let's go. Yeah. I'll call JD. All right. So what? What's today? It's uh, the 14th, so this is coming out on the 15th. Uh, 28 days away from pitchers and catchers reporting. Okay, I was about to ask. A short four weeks away, which is exciting. That that is exciting. And then, what, another six or seven weeks until opening day? Yes. Cool. Well, we have holes in the roster, so we'll certainly be talking about those when they get filled, I guess. Like, eventually, like, we're not going to have a seven-man lineup because even though we employed Jeff Mathis last year I get the feeling that we do not enjoy the concept of an automatic out and um, 
yeah, we got good pitchers and bullpens are unpredictable. So let's just assume that we're going to have a good one, which means it's going to be fun. And yes, 2020. Welcome to the there decade where the Rangers win the World Series in a there new stadium hope. and with New Jersey's and I don't know with the Astros in the rearview mirror. Nice. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Go Rangers. It's going to be a good decade, folks. Go Rangers. Go Ragnars.